Hello, and welcome to Retention Chronicles, a podcast sponsored by Malomo, a shipment tracking platform that helps e-commerce brands turn order tracking from a cost center into a profitable marketing channel. Here at Malomo, one of our core values is to constantly be learning about something new. So our marketing team, consisting of Sarah Lights, our head of marketing here at Malomo, and I, Mariah Parsons, and our fellow working with Sarah on the marketing team, have set out to do exactly that, and we hope that you join us. We will be discussing everything that surrounds customer retention, what it is, why it's important, how it fluctuates, how it grows, what you can get out of it, and so much more. On this episode of Retention Chronicles, Kat Gordon, Head of Customer Success at Malomo, Sarah and I discuss customer retention as it pertains to Black Friday, Cyber Monday. We first speak as to why it is even important to still focus on customer retention while in the hectic holiday season. Obviously, brands want to keep their customers they gain during the holiday season and to maintain those they already have. Kat, Sarah, and I discuss some strategies on how to do exactly that. We first kick it off by covering how to adjust and troubleshoot, why it's smart to optimize for mobile, as well as how to handle a surge in website traffic and shipment fulfillment. Then we dive into some initiatives to reward loyal customers from both the customer service and marketing side of things. Then to finish out the episode, we dive into the post-purchase experience and how to provide the best possible support to increase customer retention. Stay tuned until the end to hear Sarah and Kat's advice as to what they've carried with them from each holiday season to the next, and for the fact check, where I'll make sure that we cover all the bases we ran through in this episode. So today we have Sarah and Kat Gordon, who is our head of customer success here at Malomo. And we're so excited to share some of our uh, precious time together. You know, we're really happy that you welcomed the idea of coming on the podcast. So welcome, Kat. And we're so happy that you're here. Thank you. Excited to be here. And today we're going to be talking all about Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and focusing on customer retention as well as acquisition, but really making sure that we fill in those gaps. Um, so Kat and Sarah, you know, you've both worked with so many different brands and you've seen what works and sometimes what doesn't. So I'm, or I'm excited to get both into the customer relations and customer success side of things and also marketing. Um, so first we're going to run through, you know, why you should focus on customer retention during Black Friday and Cyber Monday and, you know, discuss a couple of things that brands should highlight during this time. So why should brands even begin to shift their focus to retention um, during Black Friday? And in the last episode, Sarah and I discussed, you know, we already went over the higher acquisition costs, but one constant reason, um, and that's always one constant reason as to focus on customer retention, but another reason during the holiday season to really focus on customer retention is because there are so many different brands and so many so much competition as you're trying to get customers and there's increased traffic to your site. So Kat, what have been, you know, some of the things that you've seen that have been successful for brands shifting their focus to customer retention during the holiday season and prepping? Yeah. Well it's such an a it's such an important time to really think about the that customer journey at the post-purchase and, and, and think about, like you said, there's so many different 
e-commerce brands or even, you know, in-store brands that customers can shop with that this this time when customers are so aware and they're so passionate about their order and when it's going to be there um this is the time to really wow them uh and to keep them to show them that you care about them um and and keep them coming back so focusing on retention during this time um it 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 really pays dividends back for the rest of the year. Um, and it's not, and you don't even really have to devote a ton of resources to it. It's really just being really thoughtful with thinking about all those touch points that the customer has um, when they order, after they order, how you're getting their order to them, uh, that they can, that you can really show off that you are thinking about them, that you, you do care about it. You care as much about your product. Um, you care about them as much as you care about your product. Yeah, I mean, I think just that acquisition, we talked about this in the last episode, but acquisition is so expensive. So then if you don't care what, you know, like what Kat's talking about, if you don't care about what the experience is like, if you don't care about what happens after, you spent so much just for a one-time purchase. And like Kat mentioned, it's it's a really stressful time for everyone. And when you ordered, you know, what you thought is the perfect gift for your mother-in-law or somebody who maybe is is really has really high expectations and you have no idea where it is, and you don't know if it's gonna arrive on time, arrive in time for the the party that you have scheduled or whatever it may be you're just adding to that that stressful time. And I think a lot of the direct-to-consumer brands and any place that you shop is trying to make things easier for their customers and kind of remove some of that stress during the holidays. So I think, um, you know, just to reiterate what Kat's saying, just be thoughtful about all of those different touch points and making sure you can make that as easy and, you know, less stress as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Customers are so, I mean, everybody is so keyed into the shopping and the shopping experience during this part of the year that uh, they're gonna, they're paying attention to it much more. So even even if things aren't going, you know, if you have shipping delays or or things that or you know product is back ordered or things that even could be problems, if you're messaging it. Uh, in a way that you're you're being transparent, you're getting ahead of things. That really, that's really meaningful to your customers, and they understand and appreciate that kind of effort that you did during that time, and they'll remember that at other times because everybody knows it's a busy time of year. Everybody knows that it's probably hard for everybody. Um, so if you if you can show them that you're that intentional during that time um you uh, you're going to get them back much easier during the non-busy times and the times that you want them to come when you want them to come in january february um they're going to come back because of that experience yeah i love that one thing that you mentioned the proactive messaging and really being thoughtful i'd love to dive deeper into that because i do think that these touch points that you have with these customers are of more value during the holiday season because there is a certain expectation that you know you want things to go flawlessly there's this rush to get all the gifts in and 
all this competition around the best deals and whatnot, but sometimes it is the simple things that matter most to customers and that's really what's going to grow the long-term uh, loyalty and customer retention. So along with proactive messaging, what have you seen, Kat, that has you know, been successful as to how you can go about proactive messaging around shipping or around delays or around just general um, information towards each client and each customer? Yeah. So I, I think customers really want as much information as they can get um, on, on all sides, both pre-purchase and post-purchase. And especially, you know, during the holiday season, um, they they want to know, uh, you know, if there if this is a limited edition and there's only a certain amount in stock, they they want to know that. They want to they want to know when they should they need to purchase that by they want to have an idea of when it's going to be fulfilled they want to have some sort of idea of how long it's going to take to ship um and though those are all hard things to know um but if you can if you can if you can take the time to to get that information for your business and be able to share that with customers it really gives them so much more trust in being able to purchase with you rather than going to uh, you know, a, a big box store down the street where they can get their hands on it right away uh, on a lesser quality thing that they don't really want. They want yours, um, but there's, you know, they know they can have it that way. So being able to share as much information pre-purchase to share that trust and then keep them updated along the way. So if you can, you know, share that information in the order confirmation you know, if, if you know your fulfillment times are running longer than normal, you know, share that with them. If you know deliveries are, I mean, I'm coming into this with the vein of, uh, we had tons of terrible shipping delays last year because of COVID and, and everything that was happening in the e-commerce world. So, I mean, that it was kind of a mess. <laughs> and, but the more that you can, tell your customers, make sure that they're aware, they feel like they know what's going on. Um, they're gonna give you a lot of grace that way. Um, they're, they don't expect every brand to be miracle workers or be Amazon, <laughs> to be frank. So they, but just being able to, to share that information with them that lets them know that you are aware of it, you're thinking about it, you're thinking about them um, and they will, um, I, th I think be very thankful for that. So sharing as much information as you can, thinking about timelines and when being really transparent when a customer needs to order so they can get it at a specific time. Um, and then and then those those proactive messages of, you know, if if there's a delay on the fulfillment side, if you know there's delays with your main carriers, um, being able to use you know malomo and have those delays on the on the carrier side or the package side of being able to really specifically tell a customer when their package is delayed uh those things all all really help i love that and amazon really does set the standard for you know quick and proactive messaging <laughs> um quick delivery and sarah i'd love to know more from the marketing side how proactive messaging can really engage customers and you know during that holiday season yeah, um, you know, like Kat talked about, the the pre-sale side of things can be really important too for like customer retention and just being proactive on messaging, but having those drop deadlines 
where you need to order by this date to get your package by Christmas or whatever it might be. That can be not only really great information to give your customers, but also a reason for them to purchase now, you know? So they know that, oh, you can't wait on this a couple more days and then you'll have to spend, you know, more on acquisition, more on ads, more on all that kind of stuff. But being able to tell the customer exactly what they need to know. And, you know, Kat mentioned the shipmageddon that we had last year. And who knows what's gonna happen this year too, I mean, COVID did not go away like I think a lot of people thought it was going to this year. And so I think, you know, we may have some similar situations where people are going to be buying more and more online, more than maybe they thought they were going to this year. So we'll see how a lot of those changes happen. But Kat's right. If you if you can give customers that information up front when you know it as quickly as possible, they are going to give you a lot more grace. And, you know, even when things happen, not in your best interest when there are shipment delays if you tell them they'll they'll be happier with you because you told them than them wondering what is going on and where things are and if they'll ever get it in time absolutely and and you're helping yourself on the support side too because they're they're not just going to sit there and wonder if they don't know they'll be reaching out to you on all of it's so true channels, all your social media so if the extra benefit of being proactive is that you are hopefully saving your internal team as well because um, they're likely slammed with trying to make sure that those packages are going out and everything is working um, so if they have to answer the 5,000 where's my package <laughs> tickets a day um, that's that's a huge headache yeah, if you think people are hypersensitive now to where their packages just add on the stress of the holidays and it amplifies by like tenfold. You know, being proactive for the holiday season just to try and combat any of those pressures or stressors that can arise, you know, during the hecticness of Black Friday and Cyber Monday. What would you suggest is a way that brands can go about doing that? Because I think proactive messaging is great. But if you're a smaller brand, I can imagine it would be a little bit overwhelming to try and tackle that, especially if this is, you know, your first Black Friday or second um, as a brand. So Kat, you can go first if you'd like to suggest, you know, what you've seen other brands do or what you think as um, head of customer success, you know, what you've seen be efficient and great for brands. Yeah. So actually, before I joined Malomo, I ran my own e-commerce store. Um, so I have some experience on the other side of, um, of this equation with, um, you know, trying to, to, to run the shop and, and, and answer everything while, while during the Black Friday season. Um, and when I started and was a smaller brand, like it, it is, you know, we can right now with like the tools of Malomo and Clavio, we can create really um thoughtful kind of complex flows for being keeping customers aware um but that might not be something like you said that you can start with when you're a smaller team or you're just getting started so some things i've seen is is um updating kind of cohorts of customers so if there's you know if i think it really depends on what your fulfillment strategy is during that time uh, there's some customers that you know are fulfilling uh, 
kind of they need to fulfill on specific days of the week or if it's just constant every day so there's there's some way of of um if you can't kind of proactively segment those customers uh you can uh kind of update them based on the timing of when they ordered or if it's a specific carrier if you're seeing like last year we saw um kind of the most delays happening with usps so you know directing instead of just blasting all of your customers at once try to at least segment as much as you can into either customers that you fulfilled with a certain shipping speed or carrier status or you know customers that ordered that week um if you can segment it down more um or you know using a tool like malomo and, and clavio together and being able to send notifications based on that specific package that's great too um but just instead of just kind of blasting everybody trying to segment it a bit um i think that works really well uh and then keeping the the website up to date as much as possible because people are definitely going to go there they want to see they're going to go back to your faqs and check that shipping <laughs> and return <laughs> section as much as possible so uh, you know if you are seeing that you know your standard shipping times have gone up by a week and it takes two weeks you know keep that updated um pop up you know the banner ads at the top um those are really popular during um busy seasons because you can just update that as much as possible and you can also have them kind of show for specific pages so if, if your customers are going back to that support page uh, you can really tailor you know they're looking for shipping information or they're they're looking for that kind of information yeah, that's great. And Sarah, I'd love to hear, you know, what you would have um, to say about brands being proactive and how they can actually go about that. Yeah, you know, I think especially those smaller brands that can't maybe afford those complicated systems, or maybe they just don't have time to like work with Clavio and do those complicated flows. Something as easy as like having a good order confirmation email making sure that you say thank thank you, making sure you give the information, remind them of maybe shipping day, delays, maybe tell them a little bit more about how long it might take them to get the package. If you, even if you already have it on the website, you know, reiterating that message, sharing that right away, making sure that you share the shipping confirmation, making, you know, even if it's just when a label's created and maybe it hasn't gone out the door, then you explain what that means. You explain that it hasn't left the building yet, but you've created a label. And obviously, you know, put a little plug in there from Malomo. We can handle all of those things. We can work with you. <laughs> but if you can't work with us yet, or you are a smaller brand, you know, it's just being really thoughtful about what communication you can do, providing them as much information as possible. But don't be so wordy that they won't read it. You know, I think sometimes you put in like these long paragraphs about what's going on. And if you just say, you know, usually it takes two weeks for you to get your package from order to delivery. Maybe don't go into a ton of detail about what else is going on, but just simple little updates about those things. And Kat's really right too, like those banners at the top of the page. You know, when you go to look at a product and you say, you need to order it by this date to get it by Christmas, and you've passed that date, but this is when it may arrive or something like that. Just making sure that you keep all that information updated, I think is really, really important. And, you know, checking up with customers after the product arrived too, I think is important just to make sure that 
it, uh, they're happy with it, that they realize it was on their porch and hopefully somebody <laughs> didn't steal it or whatever it may be. Just making sure that you kind of like follow up with people on those important parts of the, the process. Yeah, that's a great point. Of, I think people do often forget the real estate of those order confirmation and shipping emails that, and especially during like, especially during this time, customers are opening those emails. They have such high open rates. They're looking at it. So, like Sarah said, that's a that's a great place to keep it fresh, update it, and put the latest information in there because you know your customer is going to open that and look at it where they might not open kind of a an order update or a marketing blast at at that time so um yeah i think that's a great idea mm -hmm. and we've discussed you know updating websites to proactively message and make sure that customers have all the information that you can give them and I would love to dive into that a little bit deeper and discuss how brands can ensure that their website can handle an uptick in the traffic that's coming to their webpage and to make sure to optimize for um, mobile buying and searching because we have seen, especially with COVID uh, last year, there was such an uptick in mobile transactions. And so, Kat, you know, because you work with so many of our brands, troubleshooting on the customer success side of things, what would be your suggestions for brands to make sure that their website can handle an uptick and they're not a brand isn't overwhelmed during Black Friday, Cyber Monday? Yeah. Um, so definitely when you mentioned, you know, thinking about design, um, mobile first, that that's definitely a big thing that we stress with customers. Um, you know, we can be with a customer and designing a, a super beautiful tracking page, but because we're all on our, our laptops or desktops, that's the view that we see it the most, but, um, a majority of their customers are going to look on their mobile. So it's really easy in our day to day when you're, especially if, you know, you're looking at your e-com admin and you're tweaking things it's super easy to to just get stuck on what it looks like and the usability that way so definitely making sure you are um, really testing any new pages any product pages um, making sure you that it it not only looks good on mobile but like you said it's easy to purchase obviously that's the most important and you know it's it's tricky if we're advising you to to have lots of information on the page and be really transparent but also you can't put too much in the information on the page and overwhelm them and not they not know how to actually buy the package or or buy the product so being thoughtful of how uh, how you can add that information to the page in a way that doesn't kind of overwhelm mobile phone like visually but still uh, and still makes it really clear of how they can kind of add that to their cart, um, making sure you're, if, you know, it's it's pretty popular to have kind of cart add-ins or, or apps like that, that might kind of give additional information, but make sure that that's, you're testing that on mobile, um, that pop-ups and things like that aren't blocking things. Um, you know, it, it can be, it, it can be pretty frustrating as, 
as a shopper to be on your phone and then have the email pop up and another promo pop up and you have to click things off to be able to even get back to your cart. So making sure that those, all of those kind of campaigns and everything's that you're running do test it on your, um, your mobile devices since we see, um, I believe it's at least 68% or higher are gonna be looking at that on mobile. Um, I'll let Sarah talk about <laughs> make sure our website's not overwhelmed. I think that's more in her wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I think it probably really depends on how you're hosting your website, making sure that you have a good host, that there aren't going to be crashes. I mean, there are so many places you can host a website and a lot of places have um, the not the great ability to be uh, up and running on those big surges. So there, there's a lot of like articles you can Google what your where you're hosting your website to see if there's been um, outages and see how like it's kind of ranked and see all that kind of stuff. But even optimization, you can um, use Google, Google Search Console and and check on the the core web vitals and it'll show you on mobile how things are doing. If there are URLs to be improved, which ones are like really optimized on um on the mobile side of things i know right we've been talking about that on our website lately so that sounds familiar to you um but it's a it's a really great way to just kind of see what is going on what is maybe slowing some pages down what is google not thinking is really optimized for that page but cat's right there's nothing that's better than you just going on each of those pages yourself and seeing what it looks like on your mobile phone you can do as much as you want from your desktop. And then until you see it on mobile, you're like, oh, this, you know, Google doesn't care about this, but it's a horrible user experience. And I don't know how many times, like, you know, the little hamburger drop down, something blocks that and you can't get there. And it seems to happen all the time on websites. Mm -hmm. And, you know, making sure like that top navigation doesn't get interfered with is, is something that seems really simple, but happens all the time to different brands. Yeah. And testing on di in different browsers too. You know, when, yep. when we're testing a tracking page before we push it live, you know, we're testing it not only on different devices but also the different the different browsers because you can forget that in you know maybe you're a Safari diehard, but other people use Firefox or Chrome, um, and they all can be have their own little quirks. So thinking about that um, just to make sure. I think the other thing kind of in the overwhelmed you know, risks is not just the site, but also your support team. Um, so mm -hmm. thinking really about how you wanna offer support during that time. Um, I know when I owned my company, there was a Christmas where I was doing live chat, but that was a very bad idea for me because it was you know, a very small team at that time. And, and we were overwhelmed with a fulfillment company that was not doing a great job and had some carrier delays and things like that. So we ended up being overwhelmed with kind of the internal process, um, but then still customers expected, we were you know, advertising live chat, they expected that. Um, so that can get really tricky. So just being prepared of having that plan of uh, if, if you're going to offer live chat, is that actually something you can do and devote that resource to? If not, can you use some sort of chatbot or AI? Um, there's a lot of different ways that customers can reach out to you now. I mean, there's the 
they can you can connect in messenger there's all your social media channels that you're definitely going to get questions i mean we we see our brands you know will be um i'll look at some of their instagram posts and it's this awesome very cool content and like 50 percent of the comments are you know where what i just ordered what's this or like people people will use whatever means they can to contact you um so being prepared of making sure you have resources to check those areas um and how you want to you know if you want to funnel everything into email um so you can respond there um just making sure you have that plan in place i love that idea of being aware of what your brand specifically can do and the resources that you have because i do think that is very important of course if you're a newer brand as well just starting out but even for bigger brands just having that awareness of you know this is how we're going to approach really anything but the holiday strategy and this is also so fascinating to me because you know some of these things i've never thought about with just this being a newer <laughs> field for me um and one thing that i was thinking about was the element of how a smooth checkout process and overall just sales process can really grow that trust between a brand and the customer and i think that's what's so intriguing about black friday and cyber monday is that it's expected that you get rewarded for being a loyal customer and that you get these you know secret deals or for some reason it's just every brand now it's the standard that you have to have good deals to compete with all these other brands so sarah i'd love to perhaps have you speak about this first of what is some you know great marketing initiatives that'll drive that customer retention and reward that customer loyalty yeah, there's a lot of ways to do it, but I think first you probably want to make sure that you're rewarding the customers who are already really purchasing from you. It's great if you offer rewards for new customers um, that are joining on a Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and I'm sure that can add a lot of benefit. But, you know, the customers who are already purchasing from you and probably maybe have a subscription or purchase from you really often, those are the people who are already really excited about your brand. And they're people that you want to share your product with their family, their friends, all that other kind of stuff. So if you can have some sort of rewards or discount or whatever around the holidays, maybe specifically for those customers, I think that's a really great way to kind of expand your brand with some of your most excited customers. Um, you know, a lot of times people just will have like a 25% off across the board. And that's a great idea too, because I feel like it's something everybody really has to do or some sort of discount around Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Um, but maybe having different tiers of what that looks like. Maybe there is something just across the board, but if you can give those loyal customers maybe a little bit more, a little extra, not only do you make them feel even more special about what's going on, but probably more excited to be able to share that with all of the, the um, their friends and family as well. But there are so many different like rewards programs. There are ones, um, you also have to make a meaning, meaningful though too, because there, there are ones where like, you have to get points, but you need like 2000 points and that's like $2,000 worth of purchases to get $5 off. Nobody is going to care about that. Like nobody, even, even if they really like your product, that's cool and maybe they'll get there someday, but it has no real value. So if you're going to do something like that, you have to think about why are you going to do it? 
Does it actually add any value? Does it make people want to purchase more? I mean, sometimes um, you know that you can get a certain amount off if you purchased a certain dollar amount because you got a point level. I mean, think about Sephora. I don't know if anybody else has gotten stuff at Sephora. There are times where I purchase like $5 more because you know you're going to get those points and then that gets you into a bracket where you can buy something else like a free mascara or whatever. They do a really good job with that. And there are so many other different brands that do that. Um, I mean, the one that I'm a little snob about is Delta. <laughs> I know they're <laughs> a huge giant brand, but I've had a lot of different jobs where I've traveled a lot. And, you know, it's to that point where I have so many points and status or whatever, I will not fly on anywhere else unless there's like a huge price discrepancy or I can't. It's just, I'm so embedded in that one brand that it makes it really hard and a big uh, difference to try to switch to something else. So you gotta think about like what you can really add value to customers and what would be super exciting for them to like realize that they're so embedded with your brand that switching is just not worth it. Yeah. Yeah, and, it's, and along those lines too of what, what really makes sense for your the products that you offer too. So if you are a company yep. that has only a few SKUs or has a really kind of tight group of, of products, it might not make sense to have a loyalty program based on, you know, points and how much you can buy. And cause you can't really add small, small purchase, a shopper can't add on something like that. Um, so doing programs that maybe pivot it to like maybe you're trying to get subscribers and you're trying to build it that way and maybe you're adding um you're offering deals or loyalty around moving from that kind of on-demand one-time purchaser to being a subscriber and you get extra things like that um i've seen we have a, a customer for love and lemons who does um they have an annual sale every, I believe it's kind of the first couple of weeks of November. Um, so they actually kind of move up their holiday season and are really intentional about it and um, promoting this very big annual sale that they their customers know this is coming. They do it every year, they do this sale. Um, and then uh, they're kind of controlling their own destiny there with how busy they are during um, this holiday season. And I think their shoppers get excited too because they're they're getting that deal earlier, which means they can purchase earlier, they can kind of plan their shopping a little bit earlier, all that stuff. Um, and likely they're still buying. <laughs> they're, they're probably still buying even more later. Um, so I've seen a lot of brands that are actually trying to be more intentional with moving their sales up or offering some of those discounts earlier so that they're not competing with everybody during that Black Friday time. And maybe it's like you have a site-wide sale or a really specific sale earlier in November, um, and then you're offering very kind of strategic deals during Black Friday where you're still offering some sort of discount, but maybe it's on a very specific collection or product and it's not kind of the the kind of big encompass encompassing deals that you often see. So I think that's becoming pretty, pretty popular right now in e-commerce. And I think it's kind of in competition with this, the sales you see at big box stores and things like that, where it's just everything's off in the store and it's during this time where this kind of lets 
customers come to the site earlier, being really intentional about it, and then they can continue to go back kind of later throughout the season. So that um, I think works really well for, for Love and Lemons. Yeah, I think those are awesome ideas and remarks of, you know, kind of bending the holiday season a little bit to what you know works for your brand. And that's a great example with for Love and Lemons. And one thing too, that seems perhaps on the more simple side is making sure that there's a gift card option as well. Cause I've even noticed, you know, I go to buy from a brand sometimes and I'm like, oh, I'm getting something for my sister or for my dad or someone. And I'm not sure what flavor they're going to like or whatnot, but I, I love the brand. So I find it's just easier to sometimes get a gift card and say like, Hey, look, you go explore it and see what you'll like best, but this is my gift to you. And sometimes there aren't even, there isn't even that option for a gift card. So I think that's also just one other way that, you know, you can reward loyal customers because you're saying, Hey, look, like, I know you really appreciate the brand and you want to share it with them, but you might not know exactly what is best for the person you're giving the gift to. And that seems like just such an easy, um, add-on that a brand can initiate into their strategy to really help reward those loyal customers, but perhaps take a bit of the pressure off of, you know, whoever's doing the buying. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, I think that's absolutely true. I think, um, one thing I've noticed, um, I, with gift cards too, it's also kind of going back to that, like giving a customer all the knowledge you can, um, I, I, I know everybody's, you know, you're concerned like, okay, what are the actual logistics of this gift card? If I put, should I put the customers? Like, should I put my friend's email address? Should I put mine? Are they going to send it to them? Are they going to see all that stuff? And so there's also, um, like if you run a subscription business or it's like a month, uh, you know, monthly club box of the month type thing, um, which is that's the kind of company I ran. So it wasn't just gift cards. It was like you, I sold a three month subscription or six month subscription and you know, they don't want the person to actually know how much that costs. They just want to know that. So being able on that product page before they purchase share what's going to happen, who's going to get that email address, how they're going to send it. If there's some other options you can, uh, I know Shopify offers, and uh, based on your plan, you can kind of add on to that and maybe you can customize um, that look and feel of the card. Um, but that's really helpful too in kind of helping people feel better about pur purchasing that gift card right away when they know um, who's going to get the email, how it's going to get delivered. Yeah, I think that's a great point and, you know, something that I wouldn't even think about beforehand. I got a lot that's of questions awesome. about this, <laughs> so <laughs> that's why I'm passionate about it. Yeah, if, if if anybody has has sold gift cards or gift subscriptions, you know, you get a lot of questions of who is this actually going to? How are they going to get it? So anything you can give people around that makes it just easier for them to buy in those kind of last minutes. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's exactly why, you know, you're here chatting, sharing all this <laughs> great info with us. <laughs> uh, I'd love to maybe segue a little bit uh, and discuss, you know, Kat, how you've seen brands really shift their post-purchase experience and uh, how they can change what products they're advertising or have different um, campaigns that they start during the holiday season. Because I do think that's also a crucial part 
um, you know, li having limited edition products or, you know, these holiday specific, um, you know, initiatives that they're having. So I'm hoping you'll, you know, share even more wisdom about what you've seen brands do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is kind of the time of the year where brands are really starting to think about this and starting to kind of put a plan in place of when that content's going to change, um, how it's going to change. I think we often, yeah, probably the most common thing is, is like you said, changing the products that um, we're kind of featuring or focusing on tracking pages. Um, so usually there are, if there's kind of specific uh, holiday products or collections, uh, bundles are big for a lot of companies. So if you're bundling, um, kind of thinking about everything in more of that gift mentality and, and bundling some of your products into special bundles, uh, that's something that that's kind of popular to, to showcase. Uh, gift, uh, gift lists, gift ideas. So if you're spending that time kind of creating a, a gift, a gift list, um, for your customers, um, that's something that we we will often promote for a lot of brands this time of year. Um, so that's kind of what when you're kind of uh, that's what we see on on kind of like landing pages and tracking pages of trying to really kind of showcase that what gifts that are available, new products, new collections, and then. Um, I know a lot of customers are thinking about it in regards to prices to price categories. So if you have the ability to show a variety of prices at, at different price points, um, that's really helpful, especially, you know, what we see with our customers is that their shoppers will go to the tracking page. They're looking to see where their order is. And on the tracking page, uh, we're showing them maybe lower price point or um, things that are, can entice them to kind of immediately repurchase. And we've got really high repurchase rates from the tracking page. Um, people are, you know, if, if they're really excited and engaged with their brand, they're absolutely going to buy from you. Like even when they haven't gotten their first package, which is kind of mind blowing, but we all do it. Like <laughs> We're all <laughs> excited. Um, so those are, those are things we see a lot. Um, certainly any, if you have, if you're like for Love and Lemons or any brand that maybe you have kind of a dedicated sales time, or if you're kind of moving your holiday sales window up, um, which it does seem like everybody's moving it up higher and higher. <laughs> so like we're promoting that, promoting sales. Uh, and then if there's any kind of other initiative that you're really trying, if you're trying to get customers to be subscribers, or if you're really trying to get more customers into kind of a specific initiative, that's kind of what we'll focus on. We usually like to tell customers to kind of think about like, what's the main action you want to drive? Um, that's usually what we're thinking about kind of all in general all year, but I think that's something to really keep in mind during that season. Um, is it are you really just trying to get as many repeat purchasers as you can, or are you more focused on that retention and making and the experience and, and keeping, keeping those new, those customers you have really happy, or are you trying to drive them like to SMS sign up or some other type, type of initiative like that? Um, so trying to be kind of focused 
uh, because they're they're going to be all over the place and bombarded with a lot of different different content. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely a balance, you know, of trying to find what works. And maybe Sarah, you can speak to this of a brand. You know, they are changing their products or launching a specific holiday campaign. But how can brands ensure that they aren't, you know, bombarding customers or getting losing customers, you know, in mass marketing initiatives and perhaps like send better and more proactive messaging to their customers. I think it's a really touchy subject because, you know, sometimes things really work really well, like emails, maybe have a really great open rate. So the temptation there is to send as many as possible because you want as many customers as possible. But I think you also have to look at the trends. Like if you're if you're increasing your emails around the holiday season, which everybody does, and you're increasing your ads, you have to start looking at the, the the metrics for it. Are less people opening it? Are more people unsubscribing? Are less people spending time on it? Um, are people not opening them at all? And I know it's harder it's harder to track some of that with some of the iOS changes. Um, but you still have some data around the the different things that you're doing. Um, are less uh, ads getting clicked on? Are less ads, you know, leading to to sales? And making sure that there's that kind of balance of of what you're doing and are you getting the outcomes that you're looking for? Um, I think the temptation is always to do um, more of what works, and sometimes what works works because of the timing that you have and and how thoughtful you are about it. Um, so there's, it's different for every brand and I know things work uh, different for everybody. Like some, some brands are really getting really great open rates. So they'll just keep doing the same thing. Um, but it's about being again, thoughtful about what you're doing and making sure that, you know, maybe you're promoting the type of products that you know your customers will want because of purchases that they've already made or web pages that they've been on. And you're not just sending mass, um, mass emails that have nothing to do with their wants and what they care about. I think you also have to think about the timing of things. Like Kat said, Christmas is coming earlier and earlier. And, you know, especially when like the world kind of sucks, people want the holidays, people want, you know, Christmas, they want whatever holiday that they're celebrating. And I know I think I started decorating in like October, which is way weird for me, but I was not the only one. <laughs> like a lot of people in the neighborhood, <laughs> a lot of people all over the city I lived in were starting to do it. And I'm, I'm wondering if something will be very similar to this year. You know, being um, being thoughtful about the communications that you send to people, maybe like Love and Lovins is doing, doing something earlier in the season so that you can get people to start thinking about their approach. Um, but I can't give a, a silver bullet for what will really work for every different brand because I think everybody is selling to a different group of, of people who like and tolerate kind of different things. I think it's just about understanding what you're already doing and what really works well for you. and doing something along those lines that isn't a, a, a giant, you know, like 3x emails that you're doing because that that won't work just because something works really well at the level you're doing it again does not mean that you should do a ton more and expect the same same kind of results. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a common theme of just knowing what will work for your brand. And I think an important part that plays into that is not only are you prepping so much for the holiday season, but then after it's all over, and of course everyone <laughs> takes a big breath in and <laughs> exhales it out, uh, it's important to reflect on you know what worked for your brand and 
hopefully there's, you know, not many things that didn't work, but I don't think any brand is perfect. So reflecting on what worked and where to move forward, especially for the next holiday season is super important. So Kat and Sarah, if there was one thing that you would say, you know, what have you learned from past holiday seasons um, to take forward with you? What has it been? Ooh, tough question. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you know, here at Maloma and, and what I help customers with and then kind of my my experience, so much of the headaches that I dealt with or I, you know, help our customers with are around fulfillment and shipping. So, and that is, I mean, it, it's even if you feel like you have put a perfect process in place, it's going to get stressed during this time. And then there's obviously the entire world um, that can change um, either because of weather or uh, global political events or a pandemic once, you know, that you can't really foresee. Um, so, you know, you might have great intentions for marketing campaigns or new product releases or sales during that time, but um, you, could also very likely face issues with your fulfillment company or suddenly your carriers are not picking up your packages and and everything's two weeks behind and and your customers are are upset and concerned so uh definitely my advice is to leave resources around those areas of your business um, because it's such a crucial time of year and and many companies you know you you use a, a a third party logistics company or fulfillment company or you're outsourcing or and and we're all obviously very reliant on on these carriers and and everything's kind of out of our control so if you're able to leave kind of internal mental resources um you know staff that can help troubleshoot those issues help be able to update customers and kind of keep things running um just just kind of have a plan in place for that mm -hmm. yeah i think that's great and you know hopefully there you always hope there are no issues with shipment but just due to the large increase in <laughs> fulfillment and you know overwhelming of the system it is sometimes inevitable and sarah i'll toss the same question to you you know what has been one thing that you've taken with you learned from previous holiday seasons yeah I, I wouldn't even say this is from just holiday seasons and i swear i'm not a pessimist but think <laughs> about everything that can go wrong you know like ken said you can't plan for everything you could not predict a global pandemic but um i think sometimes you just look at all the the things that you have in place ever all the structures that you have in place and you need to look at it from a critical eye. You planned it really well when you want it to go wrong, but think at every different step, what could go wrong? And not just maybe from your own internal perspective, but think about it from the customer. Like what, what, can, what are they gonna deal with? What are the issues that they're gonna see? What are the things that they wanna see? And sometimes it's just getting an outside perspective. You know, the team um, that you build and the, what you're working on, they've done this all year long. They've been working on it for months, you know, whatever it may be. And sometimes you just can't see the flaws. So sometimes it's about getting somebody who maybe is not even in, you know, your industry, maybe, a, maybe a friend, maybe a spouse and be like, Hey, this is what we're thinking about doing. Can you just walk through it with me and see if you can see anything that maybe I'm not seeing? 
Um, but yeah, I think if you just try to take a really critical eye, you can find glaring gaps that you would have no idea were there until you took a step back and said, all right, now, now how can, how can my plan completely fall apart? <laughs> yeah, I love that, you know, <laughs> getting some perspective and putting yourself in the customer's shoes. I think that's always a great idea. And with that, I'll, I'll thank you both, you know, for spending some time to share your insights today. I've, I know I've learned a bunch and Kat, it's been so fun. You know, Sarah and I have loved creating this podcast. So thanks again for your time, Kat and yeah. Sarah, as always. Yeah, thanks for having thanks. me. Thanks, Kat. And now it's time for our fact check. In this episode, we had fewer hard facts to actually check compared to our first episode. So with that, we'll get started. Kat mentions Clavio, and in case anyone out there is unfamiliar with that name, Clavio is a marketing automation platform that allows brands to turn their data into personalized marketing campaigns. Malomo partners with Clavio. they're awesome, so much great stuff that they're able to do. Kat also mentions her e-commerce brand, Crafted Taste, that she founded and ran for five years before joining the Malomo family, and it still is successful to this day. One hard fact that Kat does mention is that for the brands that we work with, 68% of visits to their Malomo tracking page is on their mobile devices. So that is definitely something to key into when designing your web page and every other communication and touch point with your customers. Kat also speaks to how our shipment data saw that the most delays with shipment fulfillment and performance were with USPS due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Kat also stated both these facts correctly, so there was no need to check them or correct them, but just wanted to emphasize how amazing these facts are and that Kat knew them from memory. Sarah suggests for brands that are trying to look into their search analytics for their websites to use Google Search Console and she speaks to her own experience with said platform. She also brings up the examples of Sephora Makeup and Delta Airlines when discussing effective reward programs. So I just wanted to touch upon that a little bit in case you were curious and didn't want to put in the work to look into what those reward programs actually do. So Sephora rewards customers with points for every purchase to go towards their next purchase and they have a couple different rankings where depending on the points you have you fall into certain categories and that can get you additional perks and then any loyal and subscribed sephora member will get an annual free birthday gift delta has a credit card that allows their loyal customers to earn flight miles for any purchases that they make on that credit card. That is how they build their loyalty program. The last fact mentioned is the annual sale that for Love and Lemons hosts. And that is a massive opportunity for customers to act on discounts and have some really great shopping before the holiday season. That's it, but we hope that you subscribe and continue to come back. We would love to hear your thoughts, so please comment and let us know what you think and any additional insights you might have.